people don't realize how much we shape narratives and we have the power to shape new narratives. And we are so quick to point out all the different ways in which the media really does get it wrong. The media will continue to get it wrong, but also we are the media too. And I think we forget that. We forget that now with social media, with these platforms, we get to be the media and we get to decide what the headlines are. We get to decide how we're going to talk about things, how we're going to write about things. And so if we as individual people who are the creators of media online can start to shape new narratives with the way that we speak, with the language that we use, with how we show up, then we can create new stories. Jenny J is a creator to her core. In addition to being a six-figure photographer and videographer, Jenny is passionate about using her online platform and blog to create a space for ideas, inspiration, love, and advocacy. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. I had Jenny on the safe haven almost a year ago, and we had a conversation about how important it is to have uncomfortable conversations in order to learn and grow and develop true empathy and understanding. Today, I am honored to welcome Jenny back into the safe haven space to talk about many decisions that she's had to make in her business from a place of survival. Jenny shares about her work helping shape narratives in society and how she helps others do the same. Emotions and empathy are always at the forefront of what Jenny does as an entrepreneur and also as an online course creator and educator. Pre-recording, we were talking about the different kinds of pivots that one can take in life. And this is where we jump in today with Jenny J. There is a huge difference, a huge difference in navigating pivots because you can, because that's what you should be doing or can be doing versus doing it out of a space for survival. And what I think is at the core of the way that I've had to pivot is survival-based and that being the biggest driver behind all of my pivots versus just having the luxury to change my mind or to try something new. So when I think about pivots, I think about how much harder it is to do it from that space. And I think it definitely ties closely in with like the experience of what it means to be marginalized. Like a lot of us have to pivot from spaces of survival and, you know, like marginalized to whatever layer of your identity, to whatever your experiences are. But that intention, like doing it from that space is so different than pivoting with a safety net or pivoting with the luxury of, of privilege or just knowing that everything's going to be fine no matter how your pivot ends up. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example for context here as to a decision or a pivot that you've had to make based on survival? Yeah. So, I mean, we've had to do it so many times and like before COVID, um, one huge time that I've had to do it was actually at the beginning of 2019. And, and I wouldn't say it's as much a pivot as it was like just trying to figure out like <laughs> where I was going next. Um, because before 2019, I had been both like running my own business as well as being a part of another startup. And when 
the founder of the startup and I like went our separate ways. We like, I was coming back to the city of Toronto for the first time, like just completely alone with no contracts lined up with like nothing. And the year before, like for full transparency, the year before in my business, I had made $11,000 in top line revenue and 3000 in net profit. So I had like so little money. Like I, at one point during that last year, I was sleeping on friends' floors, you know, and I don't have the cushion of having a line of credit or having all these other big safety nets or being able to ask for money from someone should things not go well. And so there I was coming back to the city of Toronto with no idea of what was going to happen next and just trying to figure out what was going to work. So, you know, going from just trying to do a little bit of everything to being like, okay, like branding shoots are really working right now. Like that's something that I'm doing really well. How can we continue? And then just like moving forward from each place. Like for me at the time as a full-time photographer and videographer, it was how do I show up in so many places and know that no matter what, I just have to do this because I need to find a way to survive right now. Mm-hmm. So the, the photography and videography, you were already doing well. Did you have an intention behind what you wanted to do even with the parting ways in the startup? Um, all I knew is that I wanted to keep on creating. I think like at the core of who I am, like that's never changed. I will continue to want to be a creator. It's something that's been at the core of my identity, I think, since I was like five or six years old. But kind of trying to figure out what my own path would look like, I also wanted to be able to do it in a way that was sustainable and that could allow me the space to do all the things I wanted to do. And that has always been the dream. But until I actually started making those big changes in 2019, I couldn't get there. Like I I had been struggling for so long and it was really hard because when you're operating out of a place of survival, I'm like I mean literal survival, it's about how do I make enough to pay for my essentials, not how do I make enough to reinvest into my business so that I can actually get to the place where I'm no longer operating out of survival. So like 2019 was really huge for me because if you actually look at what the numbers were, like I ended up being able to make well over a hundred thousand in top line revenue by the end of 2019 and reinvested almost 60 K of that into actually gear, into getting support and help into like being able to build a team that now gives me the capacity and the ability to be the kind of business owner and make the kind of decisions that I can make now. But up until then, I had no way. I had absolutely no way to even get to that point. And even then, you know, like we, I had like the first year where that is what it looked like. And I was so ready to keep moving in a forward motion. And then three months into 2020, COVID happens. Um, And it was like this huge... I don't even know how to explain it. It was like there there was no energy to take a second and figure out how I was going to pivot because I was like, it really just got okay. We really just entered not having to survive anymore. And here we are needing to find a way to survive again. When you're forced with these decisions that you have to make in business and moving forward, and I keep coming back to the 2019, I mean, such a shift from making what you said is 3000 net to over... A hundred thousand. Yeah. Like, 
that's it's gigantic so clearly you made some really informed decisions but you also would have had to really stick to values and make sure that you felt in alignment with every decision that you made what practices do you have to make sure that you're on track and that you're feeling good moving forward with your decisions I think actually 2019 was the year that I made the bad ones Mm. and I I say that with with a smile on my face because I'm really glad I made some questionable decisions in 2019 because it got me to be able to then do that in the year of 2020. Mm. But that's the other thing too. When you're in survival mode, you will say yes to everything. And there is no, sure, it's a nice idea that you should say no to something, but how do you do that when you're just trying to survive? It feels impossible. You know, scarcity mindset is absolutely real. But what do you tell a person with scarcity mindset who also literally doesn't have support or doesn't have resources? It's like, great, like you're you telling me that I should just think abundantly and say no to things that don't feel aligned. Like that sounds great. However, me saying yes to something that maybe feels like it's going to be an uphill battle is what I need to do to survive right now. So I feel like I don't have any other choice. And that was where I was almost like stuck in for a good bit at the start of 2019. And I am really glad because it also taught me, it really taught me how much more I end up losing as a result of being in that space and why it's so important, but also just revalidated that that's a real experience that people go through and that sometimes you don't have the luxury of saying no. But yeah, I think it, it did get me to the space where I can now be more intentional and I'm not necessarily in that space anymore because after having another successful pivot at the start of 2020, like no longer necessarily being in a state of constant survival, at least for a little bit. Yeah. So you mentioned pivots in 2020 again. Besides COVID, what were some major shifts that happened within your business? I had been wanting to start online courses and teaching since 2019. But as someone with fairly limited resources, time, energy, like growing at an exponential rate where I was just trying to figure all of it out, it was definitely something I didn't have the capacity for. So in 2020, when, you know, as full-time photographers and videographers, my partner had quit his job as a social worker back in August of 2019 and joined me full-time as well. So all of the work that we did as creators was our full-time income for the both of us. And we lost all of that when COVID hit. So it took me a month of, (laughs) of crying, of trying to piece my energy back together. And by the time April came around, it took like another full month of really, really just working out like what that would look like. And it also took the support of someone who is now like my best friend, but also on my team who really, really believed in me, like at the start of COVID that we could do this and that I could do this even when things were like really financially hard because of how much we had lost so quickly. So it was, it was another big pivot. It means that like now in the world of the things that we do um, moving forward in 2021 and beyond, I get to be both an online course creator and educator and really, really be in that part of who I am and the, the kind of stories that I want to help facilitate in the world. And I get to create when it's safe to do so, when we're allowed to be out, when we're not under lockdown. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been cool, but it's also been tiring, you know, like it's hard to pivot that many times out of necessity because rest is a luxury when you're in the middle of that.
When you just mentioned being an educator and creator, that makes me think of where you and I had connected. So it was a combination of listening to you on a podcast, loving the conversations. Mm -hmm. Then I had you on the podcast in 2020. And here we are again. I'm so excited. Another place that we'd connected was via Instagram and using that platform, like you said, to educate. So it's a combination of like you're educating within your photography, videography, course creation, like mentorship style, Mm -hmm. but you're also an incredible person for the educational content that you provide on your Instagram platform. So thank you for everything that you produce there. But I also wanted to ask about the intentionality behind it, because I think that I know the answer to this, but I love hearing you talk about it. So can you tell us a little bit about the platform that you use with Just Ask Jenny and the Mm -hmm. informational content that you produce there? Yeah, I think it just really, really ties in to the bigger picture of the stories that we share in the world. What I really love and at its core of everything that I create and the things that I write and what I do is storytelling. I'm doing it with a way that is a very multimedia approach because that is the literal lens that I have taken in the years of running the business that I've run and with helping facilitate that for other people. And what I noticed, especially being online, is people don't realize how much we shape narratives and we have the power to shape new narratives. And I feel like we, it's something I've actually been thinking about a lot um, this week today is that we are so quick to point out all the different ways in which the media really does get it wrong. And my friend was saying, we were having this conversation and my friend Serena was saying, you know, the media will continue to get it wrong, but also we are the media too. And I think we forget that. We forget that now with social media, with these platforms, we get to be the media and we get to decide what the headlines are. We get to decide how we're going to talk about things, how we're going to write about things. And so if we as individual people who are the creators of media online can start to shape new narratives with the way that we speak, with the language that we use, with how we show up, then we can create new stories. And that power, like... That power is the power that we have. So for me, like a lot of it is based in like language and like the words that we use in terms of what I tend to share online. But I just hope that it can be a space to remind people the power of the language that we use also in the stories that we tell or the images or the positioning of the way we create videos. All of it keeps on contributing to the greater narratives that we want to exist in the society that we're in. And we can change that. That's something we can do. I think something that I love so much about the spaces that you create online are that they they feel safe to ask questions. They feel safe to read and to learn new, new things. And I think that that's what would ultimately keep people coming back because there's so much passion and education behind what you're sharing, but also perspectives is the way that you ask questions or present new knowledge is really powerful. I really appreciate that. I also know... I also do want to say, I know that there are other incredible activists, educators, people who put things out there, whose content and whose work needs to be acknowledged and taken in with the world, but people feel less safe because of maybe their identities, because of maybe their approach, um, which are all like their approaches and identities are valid and real and important. And it's like the catch 22 that I feel like I'm constantly a part of is that I feel like because of the skills I have as a storyteller and also 
paired with the skills that I have as someone who's navigated a lot of small town white spaces and knows how to carefully use my language and use it in a way that gets me to be a little bit more palatable in like the society and the the world that we live in because of the way that it's shaped. It is a catch-22 because I'm aware of how people will listen. And also that there are incredible counterparts also taking up space who don't necessarily get the same respect and aren't listened to in the same ways simply because they're truly speaking from their truth and not trying to be be palatable. Mm -hmm. It's complex. Yeah, it is. I have so much respect for that answer and that response. It's, It's so true. But that makes me also wonder about how you protect your own energy going into this space because you do give a lot. So how do you maintain your best self so that you can keep showing up the way that you do? Uh, I do things like I have been doing this week, which is spending time offline, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I have friends who remind me that that rest is important. I take naps in the middle of the day when I need it, um, when I have the luxury of being able to do that. And I am also more conscious than ever before just how much I need me, the human, to be okay in order to show up and take up space in the world. And so sometimes that looks like, for me, like scheduling things according to my body and my hormones. It means uh, scheduling in the time to rest. It means when we were in the middle of moving spaces, like taking things off my calendar. And I think like just doing those things really proactively and knowing that still sometimes it might not be enough. And then being able to say like, okay, I'm going to rest right now because then I can show up really big for both myself and my community when they need it the most and when I need to show up. And also like taking some of that pressure off to necessarily be the person who has to show up every single time something is also happening in the world. I think a lot of people who tend to be in the world of activism or really like huge advocates, there's also almost like that unsaid pressure and the goal of having more allies in the world, the goal of having people who understand how important these stories are is that some of the pressure should be taken off the people who need to rest sometimes. So that's how I do it. I'm still learning. It's still a work in progress, but I think as I continue to do it, it only gets better. And it's something that I would recommend to everyone. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for that. I have my three safe haven style questions for you. You ready? Absolutely. What are you most proud of? I'm instantly when I think of what I'm most proud of is I'm proud of my team Mm. that I have right now. Like I said, I used to be someone who (laughs) didn't make a lot of money, therefore never had a team or support system. And currently my team is a team of all women of color, as well as Darcy, who is my partner and a wonderful person of color. And yeah, the the fact that the very people that I'm putting money into, who also support me being able to do more work and put more money into different organizations and into the work that I do really reflects who I am. Like that means a lot to me. And it's something I'm really proud of because I never thought I could be in this space. And what I continue to remind myself is that when good people make good money, like great things happen. Mm, I love that. And again, looking at the fact that this is less than two years later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Huge congrats. It's amazing. Thank you. It's been, it's definitely been quite the journey. I bet. 
What would you like to be known for? I would like to be known for someone who created the space for the stories that we have in us. I would like to be known for like, I think of my niece and just like knowing that she can take up all the space in the world because she has an aunt that makes it possible. Mm. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? That no matter what your identities are, no matter what the layers of who you are, are that you do have a story that is valid, that is important, and that you do have the ability to change the stories that exist in the world, no matter if you have an online presence or have been on a physical or virtual stage or not, it's important. And it is only the power of individual stories brought together as a collective that I think can really start to shape how we exist. Mm. I just came up with another one here. I'm wondering about limiting beliefs because I feel like limiting beliefs come and go throughout Mm -hmm. our lives, depending on the stresses that we're under and the situations that we're in. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about a limiting belief that might be lingering right now that you're working through. Ooh, I was not where I thought that question was going. Hmm. Um, I think I will always, to whatever degree, be working through the limiting belief that a leader can be someone who's like me. Mm. And when I say someone like me, I don't just mean like necessarily the visual representation, because that's something that I'm (laughs) consistently working through in general. Um, But also someone who tends to keep emotions and empathy at the forefront of everything I do. And someone who prioritizes people over profit. And someone who like, I have such a strong like value system. And it's really hard sometimes because the typical leaders that we see as like the representation of what success looks like in the different industries isn't someone who operates this way. It's someone who usually is a little more analytical, a little more operations-based, a little more profits-based. And so I really want to continue to be the leader that I know that I am, but it's a constant work in progress of, yeah, like not only can I be someone who is a woman, someone who is South Asian, someone who is a very, very high empath and a leader, but I can continue to do it and be successful in the world that I'm in. And I'm working through it. (laughs) I have one more because you're just answering such beautiful heart forward answers. And I appreciate them so much because you said success a couple of times in that last answer. And so even pre-recording, you and I had talked about, you know, numbers and success and is success numbers. And for some people it is. And what is, what is success? So if I asked you, what does success look like? There's two parts. What does success look like for you? And how does success feel? Ooh, success feels calm. Success doesn't feel hectic to me. I think the hectic energy is what I tie to survival. So to me, success is being able to be in a space of slow downness and being like just being allowed to slow down. And what it looks like is all the things that I have spent my whole life dreaming about and and watching my parents fight for. And that is financial freedom to give the security of what I know that I necessarily didn't have as a child growing up, the ability 
to give like <laughs> future little ones, whether they be children of my own or my nieces and nephews one day, just more access to choice. And I think like, that's what it comes down to. Like financial freedom also comes down to giving you more access to choice. So success to me looks like that. Just more access to choice, the ability to slow down and rest when I need to, and not being just so caught in how how tiring it is to be in a state of survival. Because that, like, you get burnt out really fast. And, like, you know, for most people who are marginalized, who are stuck in that spot, like, you don't even have the luxury of being like, yeah, I'm burnt out. I need to slow down. It's like, no, if you slow down, you can't pay rent tomorrow. Like, if you slow down, you can't, you don't have anything to support you. And so success looks like the opposite of that. Mm. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you and your time like immensely. I, I'm really glad. I feel like these were like all the reminders I even needed for myself, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's hard. I think like when we talk about pivoting, like we tend to think of like, oh, you know, in business, I like did that thing. And then this is exactly what the result was. And it's almost like very, like the idea of pivoting, I, I kind of associate sometimes with very like bro-y kind of energy. And yeah, I just think it's nice to be able to just see it for what it is from, I think, the lens that I have mm -hmm. as well. And to know that like, hopefully, hopefully, I'm really hopeful of it. I'm really sure of it. I'll come, I'll come back and we'll have a conversation on the day that this happens, but there will be a point when there doesn't have to be pivots based on necessity where I can just be like oh this would be something cool to try let's try that out and do it from a place of of just surety and calm um and that'll be the version of success that I'm really looking forward to I cannot wait to hear about it it's gonna happen where can people find you online you can find me online on Instagram is mostly where I spend my time when I am online um at just as Jenny so j-u-s-t a-S-K-J-E-N-N-Y. Um, or if you're looking for my website, that is JennyJ.ca. And J spelled like blue J, so J-A-Y. Amazing. I love watching your platform grow and the work that you're doing and the conversations that you're starting and holding space for. It means a lot. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Jenny, I cannot express my level of gratitude adequately with words. I appreciate you and your time and the work that you're doing so much. Your posts and content add so much value to my time online, which has been a lot these days. And I always look forward to learning from what you'll post next. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such a heart-driven change agent. You are such a gift. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform and I am committed to creating a safe, brave and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven Podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. If today is the start of your journey into the depths of anti-racism, learning and unlearning of old ways, be kind to yourself. Try not to feel burdened by shame or guilt. Keep moving. Keep growing. Keep leading with love. And I will. Talk to you next week.